0: Welcome back to First Draft, Phil. My name is Phil Lager, and I'm excited to present today's guest, Arcadia Worship. Now, I was recently at a worship songwriter's retreat in Kansas City that was put on by Lula Street Records and Christian Music Marketing, and my connection to Arcadia Worship came through that event. Um, Arcadia Worship is a ministry... Of Redemption Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And I got to sit down today with uh, two people who are on staff at church and just talk a little bit about their heart behind this album. Uh, I had this past weekend to listen to the album, and there's just some beautiful expressions of worship there. You'll hear some of the songs on today's episode uh, scattered throughout our conversation, just to give you a little bit of a glimpse of it. Without further ado, sit back and enjoy my conversation with Arcadia Worship. Podcast. I'm so excited to have some new friends uh, on my podcast, Arcadia Worship, and in particular, Caleb Wiseman and Tyler Thompson. Now, just a brief word of introduction before we get started with this conversation. Um, I was recently at a, a worship songwriters retreat in Kansas City, um, and one of the guests, one of the hosts of that, that retreat, put me in contact with Arcadia Worship, and for the past Weekend, I've been listening to the music, and I am—I got to tell you guys—you're in for a treat if you haven't heard of Arcadia Worship. Um, I've really been enjoying the album. Uh, I believe it's called Infinite. That's coming out, and um, yeah, I, I don't want to—I don't want to front-load this conversation with all the praise I have for that album. So, first of all, welcome, 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 Caleb and Tyler. Thanks so much for being on my show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks
0: for having us. Thanks so, for to be here. Yeah. So the first, the first thing I like to do uh, for my guests is just to have you introduce yourselves personally. Uh, maybe just a little bit of your faith journey. Um, uh, now, if I've got this right, you. If I've got this wrong, you'll correct me. But uh, Tyler Thompson is the pastor of Communities and Worship. Communities and Worship at uh, Redemption yep. Church in. Redemption Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and and Caleb, you are the one of the worship leaders or the worship pastor there, or worship director. Yeah, worship director. Okay, great. Well, guys, just tell my audience just a little bit maybe about yourselves. I can let you guys do paper rock scissors to see who goes first. Um, but well, uh, <laughs> you, you should go for it. I I, I I won't try to beat you out.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Tyler Thompson, and I grew up in the church. Became a Christian when I was. Four years old, uh, had a had a real prodigal son experience, like a lot of folks who get um, saved at an early age do. Walked away from the Lord just after after college, and and never really stopped believing, but was kind of uh, working out uh, what this world had to offer, and turned out it didn't have anything to offer apart from God. So uh, God was gracious to bring me back around uh, in my my twenties, and uh, since then He's really used a lot of those those uh, weaknesses and brokenness and shortcoming um, unto His glory and my benefit, and so I've been as a pastor really just been uh, helping people see the beauty of the gospel and the good news of this this God who loves us and calls us for his purposes and and so a lot of what I do in the church uh, ministry is is looking at how um, music and theology can be integrated and how we can see goodness and truth and beauty uh, through music and that points us to this wonderful God and his love
0: amen wow that was awesome that was so succinct that was beautiful. I don't know how you're going to top that, uh, uh, Caleb. But go ahead and try.
1: Uh, not, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going to try. But, I, but I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in New Mexico uh, in, a, in a Christian home, and um, my, my family just just raised me in the ways of Christ. And I, I don't have an incredible come to Jesus story, but just like over time, I I got to know him and, and got to see that. The Bible that my my parents taught me and 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 the gospel that my parents taught me was true and I don't think I have like a, a moment where I'm like oh I'm I'm a Christian now but 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 by the time I had graduated from high school I think I had really just found that that the gospel was true and and that it's good news for people and uh, over time just started doing ministry in the church and and working on music in the church and. Uh, went to Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona and got connected with
0: Redemption and, and I've been working here ever since. That's awesome. I, I love that. And it seems like a, a theme that's come up several times on my podcast with a few, uh, former guests already. Uh, a friend of mine was on recently and, I, and he answered the question sort of like you did. When did I meet Jesus? Well, kind of like always, if you've grown up in the church, you know, it's just slowly coming to that realization that he's real. I love that, and I, I share that that story with you, so you're not alone. Um, I would love to know a little bit more about Redemption Church and um, and how Arcadia Worship came out of that. We'll talk, we can talk about the name Arcadia Worship and what that means, um, but just to, maybe just tell us a little bit about Redemption Church.
2: Sure. So Redemption Church is a
0: multi-site, uh,
2: non-denominational church in the Arizona, the state of Arizona. Uh, We actually have 10 congregations. Uh, We call them congregations because uh, rather than a a typical multi-site church where you would have uh, maybe video venue of one speaking pastor, uh, instead of that model, we actually have live preaching at each of the 10 congregations. And uh, there are elders and a lead pastor at each one of the congregations as well. And so it's 10 congregations across the state of Arizona, which allows for us to be, um, contextualized in the different cities and yet unified as one church. And so we really love, um, the model of, of this, of this church overall. And then particularly we're at the Arcadia congregation, which is, um, in, in central Phoenix. And, um, it's, uh, uh a, a church that really, has a bridge to the marketplace and to the business community here in Arizona. And so one of the things that we've really appreciated uh, in the response of this music that Arcadia Worship began to develop is that we've seen a lot of people in the community really respond to the creativity and to the production value and to the excellence uh, that we are pursuing in this uh, recording process, as a way of bringing that gospel to the city. Um, and Caleb, I'll just I'll just uh, affirm Caleb a little bit in, in his in his work. He has such an attention to detail in this production process uh, that he really wants everything to be done in an excellent manner and a worthy manner that reflects uh, the excellence of God. And so he's uh, in his creativity and his pursuit of excellence has really done a great job spearheading this project. For us, thanks, man. Yeah, it's absolutely, of... absolutely.
0: Yeah, and uh, having listened to the album, and I'm guess the album is not out. Yet, correct? It, it yeah, correct. It comes out. Comes out on Friday, like on f- five days. On Friday, yeah, awesome. And when this, when you hear this live, this will be released tomorrow. At least the first part of this conversation will be released tomorrow, uh, depending okay. on how long we go today. But um, yeah, talk a little bit about the album. What what uh, I've been listening and just really enjoying so many things about this album. Um, you know, you've already mentioned the production quality, um, and I would say it is. It's just right up there with anything that you would hear uh, on you know Christian radio. However, it's not overproduced. Like I would say that it's not. You, you can get just really sugary sweet sometimes, and I just have really enjoyed a lot of the organic elements. But I'm not going to nerd out too much. I just want to let you just tell me a little bit about your approach to maybe let's start with the songwriting, like the genesis of these songs. Like, just tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Our team really started writing during, during the pandemic uh, when we were locked down and trying to figure out ways to connect with our church. Um, and we were making video content every week and just trying to think of different ways to to really bring church to people's homes, and so we started. We started with a Christmas project and, and put that out, and there was some good. Um, that it was received really well in our church, and so from there, I I had been writing for a couple of years outside of the church and had some connections with some some friends in Nashville, and so we. When uh, we took a couple people on our team out to Nashville, and we wrote for three or four days out there, and then finished some writing out here in Phoenix. Uh, and and just really cool to to kind of be thinking about our specific congregation and the stories in our church. Something that we said a lot is: is these songs are are songs for the church from our church, and so. Just just a real gift to be able to to write from that
0: perspective. And it's it's really proven fruitful for our congregation. And now you, you mentioned that you, you had a retreat, so the songs were written by several different people, is that right? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, we probably had a, a roster of about eight writers that, that were a part of the album. We were probably higher. Maybe ten. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Where we do a lot of group write. Uh, group writing, um, and there were there are a few songs that sort of originated with specific writers, but but most of them we did as uh, in in different small groups of of writers.
0: Yeah, I love that, and and it's I think that that is really reflected on the album. One of the things in particular that I enjoyed um, about the album is that there are several. There's it, the album is cohesive in terms of the sound, but you can definitely tell that with your different vocalists. Um, I love how, um, you can't really pinpoint one. There, there's several different vocalists on the album, and it really seems like you leaned into that rather than try to mold everybody into a specific way, you really leaned into each person's contribution. Um, and and that. Just this is just my experience. Okay, let me look at my notes because I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down as far as what I loved about the album. Um, one of the things, one of the things that I loved, um, was that the vocals are great, right? But they're unique. Like, I think sometimes mainstream worship music looks for artists to match a certain other artist that's already established, um, and make it sound that way. But there, there is, um, Yeah, I like the fact you have different vocal artists you guys have and their individual contributions to the whole. So, how how many different vocalists are on the album? It's like three or four? Let
2: me think. There's uh, I think six. I think six. Yeah, and one of the things I was going to say about that Phil is that uh that Caleb mentioned that this is an, uh, a project from our church and for our church and then if God wants to use this beyond that where that's that's wonderful. Um but that's how our worship services go on an, on a typical gathering is is that you're not really ever going to come to a a worship gathering at Redemption Arcadia that just has one uh, worship leader, and 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 so typically in a given uh, worship service, um, there's there's two or three leaders that are leading out, and we love that sort of uh, group uh, group lead kind of approach to to worship, or group led approach to worship. So we wanted the album to reflect that too, and we really did lean into that opportunity to have different vocalists. Yeah. And there's so much skill on our team.
1: Uh, I I am just continually blown away by the the people that want to serve our church through their through their skills and through their their art. And Mm -hmm. so what what better way to to platform those people and and propel those people than than through original music? And a lot of those singers have, have been a part of the of different parts of the writing process or the creative process and so You hear them you hear them leading songs, but but they also were a a part of the process probably from the beginning.
2: I think it hits too on a, a value that our church has in general where we're trying to be unified but contextualized like we want to see the diversity of our of our city and our state uh reflected in our church and so with the worship album we wanted that to be the case too where we where we were contextualized or diverse uh,
0: diversified in our approach but also unified uh with one sound and one album yeah i love it it's so good um it, it, and it definitely shows i think both in the um, the production and, and the different vocalists. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the lyrics because um, we can definitely get into you know uh, church speak or or Bible speak sometimes and um i, I loved uh, and, and i'm looking forward to going back and digging in a little bit better but one of my first impressions is that there's a really great marriage on the album in the songs of like just your normal talking to god speak like that you would have as you were just in your own um your own prayer times perhaps you know just just calling calling out and crying out to god with obviously some really deep holy 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 are you lord there's i feel like there's a good mix of that um uh, talk about contextualization. You know, one of, one of the examples I like to give is uh, an early song that said, um, "I choose to be holy, set apart for you." It's an old worship song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it explains it right afterwards. I feel like there's a real good mix of that on the album. Um, was that intentional, or is that you think that, that's just a product of your, um, like you already mentioned, your contextualization at your church?
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And one of the benefits of having a Variety of writers is that we all we all speak a little bit differently, and so uh, it was fun to sit in the room and sort of have you know I would I would put forth a lyric that that I, I felt like was pretty theologically ac- accurate you know or something, and 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 Caleb or, or JT would say something like, well, what if we said it this way uh, because it felt like it was a little bit more uh, accessible or approachable uh, in language that would be could be received by a different audience, um, or, or the, the the opposite would happen where. Where Caleb would put a line forward and, and and Malia would say, well, what if we phrased it like this so it sounded a little bit more timeless? And uh, so that, that was one of the benefits of having those different kinds of writers in the room. We wanted to have something that was theologically accurate, but was uh, communicated in a voice that would be received well uh, by a variety of audiences.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that dynamic is is such an interesting one, right? Because, and I think I think our single with the album "Infinite" is a good example of this. Like, we serve this magnificent God who's who's infinite and limitless and and matchless, mm. yet He's close and 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 He's He's personal. He's He's the person that we can, mm. can have a, a real conversation with and and he meets us in those in those quiet moments and so I think that dynamic is something that I think just our team was thinking and, and praying through and learning about a lot during the process and so it's so funny a, a lot of those songs are just r- really personal to I think a lot of people on our team and just the the journey that we were on and that season and
2: that's even a good example of what I, what of what the different communication processes uh, reveals. I mean, I would have theologically, I would have said that God is transcendent and he's imminent, that he's that he's as close as the air that we breathe and that he's uh, larger than anything we can imagine, that so he's beyond what we can understand. And I love how Caleb just puts that into language that is very personal and very um, meaningful uh, in a way that communicates to the heart behind it and not just the head. That'll change when I get my glasses.
0: <laughs> No, don't let it change. Don't let it change. That's a, that's one of the great things. I, I, I was just thinking, just a just a little anecdote, just with my wife recently, praying with my wife just about some stuff, and um, you know, you get to these moments where you you're, you're praying with somebody and you realize the words that are coming out my mouth, they're just all they're words that I know, and they're the words that should be used, and and it's good to know the concepts and the bigger pictures, but then like I got down to a point where I was like. Man Lord, I just don't know. It just got real, you know, and I feel like having the real matched with the, the timeless truth. That's that's such a powerful combination. goes into just one other area I just wanted to touch on real quick um, you you've mentioned and it's come up a couple times in the conversation already this this idea of contextualization you know um, being, being in the world but not of it um, how let me pose this question to you guys and I'll just let you run with it whatever way you want to How should worship music be impacted by and sound like the popular music in our culture? Mm. And how much should we be doing our own thing?
1: Yeah, I love this question. This is a thing that I spend most of my time thinking about. Uh, I, I do uh, writing and production for, for folks outside of the church a lot and just just really love the, the process of creating good art. Um, and think that the church has a calling to create in kind of two different spaces, and I think there's there's some overlap in, in a Venn diagram kind of, kind of way. There, there's the side where we're creating corporate worship for our, our services and, and for our congregation to sing together, and I think there's a calling for the church to to be creating for that. I also think on the other side of that is, is the church called to create good, excellent art. That that is a reflection of God's creativity and, and masterful creation. We we serve a God that, that not only created us, but created a, a beautiful world that, that we get to live in and enjoy. And um, so I think there's, there's a high calling to create in that likeness. So, and obviously there's overlap in that. like this first album is, is a kind of reflection of, of the corporate kind of thing, but there's certainly like more artistic elements and and things that are maybe left of center from, from what you would consider like normal worship music. And um, I think probably the next thing that we'll work on is, is a little bit more in the artistic realm. I, I think back to church history and, think of the hallelujah chorus, just just really masterful art that was created for the church, but is is known now as just really beautiful, beautiful art. And so I, what better way to connect with culture and and society as the church than, than creating really great art? And so we're doing that in a handful of ways through music. And um, we're, we're doing our album release show at a little club venue just just down the road from our Church and it's going to be super strange and something that probably most churches are like not used to. But hopefully, we'll get to connect with people that we maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to without
0: that type of artistic direction. So that's awesome. I I was I just came back. Uh, actually, I just got back yesterday from a camp a men's camp actually, and and the guests were musical guests and they were talking about how they do church gigs and they do, they also play in bars and stuff. And they were recently at a, at a, um, at a bar and, uh, doing songs that they, 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 would do anywhere really, but, um, just being that salt and light. And a woman came up after, after and said to them, Hey, I need to talk to you. Um, you guys are too hopeful, what what you guys got something you you're you're different than the people that come and it was just like an opportunity for them to share you know you can have this too you can you can have this hope that we have too but i I love i love the idea of being out in the world and just doing good good art um yeah that's awesome um did you did you have anything else you wanted to add add to that tyler
2: yeah sure i was just i was gonna say that um Kayla mentioned handles Messiah, and and I think that for the longest time the church was out in front of of the, the creative. Uh, art scene like uh, the music that was being written all during that time was for the church and and like Bach, Bach his, his his music they didn't even know that it existed until Mendelssohn came along later and found that it was there mm-hmm. and so all this creativity was happening in the church for the church um, and really the church was a, was a trendsetter with music and if you fast forward hundreds of years uh, to what our uh, our contemporary approach was even even in the 80s and 90s, I remember. Uh, so I'm dating myself a little bit, but I remember going to I remember going to a Christian bookstore um, in the 90s and and sort of. I think I know where you're them. going. Yeah, you have all those records out there, and there was these signs that would say, hey, <laughs> "If you, you like, <laughs> if you like Pearl Jam, then listen yeah. to Plankai." You know, or if or if you like Nirvana, then listen to X Y Z. And yeah. and I and we somehow moved to a place where we were we were sort of copying the world with with the creativity, and it usually ended up being sort of man. I loved Plank Eye, but it ended up being something that was sort of like a knockoff of another band. And I think that in recent years, there's been kind of a resurgence of Christian musicians saying that that there's a, a, a beauty that's out there that we can be creative with, mm-hmm. that is going to be authentic who we are as Christ followers, and it's going to be its own thing. And, and, there, and that we're not necessarily looking to the world for cues on how that might look, but that we can learn from the world because God's uh, world is reflecting him all of the time. And so we would expect to find the goodness of God and the truth of God and the beauty of God mm-hmm. in all kinds of music, not only in, in our worship music.
0: That's good. That was, that was really good. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I love that. Um, and I definitely, uh, I'm with you on the dating myself. Uh, I definitely had those. I, I, was, I remember being at a Cademan's call concert and being, and it was my first time and being so impressed that I, uh, This is before cell phones. I I picked up a pay phone and called somebody and said, Hey, you got to get over here. And I was within earshot of somebody who was manning the merch table. And I was saying, These these guys sound like, you know, I can't remember what I compared to him. And the guy at the merch table was like, Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, So there's always that kind of tension between because you're trying to tell people who may not listen to music that, you know, has a redemptive message, you're trying to give them an analogy of what they could expect sonically for it to sound like.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh yeah yeah and i think i think the the benefit to that is that that we can say that uh we can point people to the truth of the message not only through the words that are there but also through the music itself so sonically we're describing these things that we're hearing that ultimately are going to point to the beauty of the creator as well i remember going to a uh a, a josh Garrell's concert in, in hollywood house of blues a few years ago and and um you know josh is one of those artists i think that. That is is not trying to be a Christian artist, uh, but he's a Christian and is writing music that that can point to the truths of the of the gospel and the good news and and we were at the concert and and he's singing just these these amazing authentic songs that are uh, that are just fully hit who he is. He's, he's not trying to be anybody else. And I remember looking over at this concert. I was there with a few people from my my, my uh, church, and I look over and I see. Uh, Jonathan David Helser and Melissa Helser from Bethel and they're rocking out to, to they're they're rocking out to Josh Garrels songs and I thought to myself this makes sense that that we there's a worship environment here even though it's not specifically a worship concert mm-hmm. and there's some of that that we're kind of trying to have happen in this rebel lounge uh, release party as well
3: yeah this is my greatest Joy, to put a smile upon Your face I just want to please You I just want to please You This is my greatest joy To put a smile upon Your face I just want to please You I just want to please
0: Okay. So then that, that leads me to my next question. And that is what, what does it look like uh, for this to be both a successful release for you guys and for your music to achieve the goals that you set out for it to achieve? What does that, what does that look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've been thinking about this a bunch uh, as we're preparing for it and, and just kind of setting my expectations and, honestly, the more that I, the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, if we get to connect with one person or if our, I mean, honestly, I feel like the success is already there. We, we got to write for our, for our church um, and build relationships with our team and got to have, got to have really sweet moments of of worship with, with our, our our small writing crews and our, uh, the, the team that's recorded on the album and, in rehearsal, and so uh, I mean, it, it would be amazing if if the the song streamed well, and and we continue to hear great feedback from it. But uh, like, really open-handedly, just just thankful for what has happened with the songs already, and and thankful for like the moments we've gotten to encounter Jesus in, and that's just the prayer with the songs. As as long as people can encounter Jesus through the songs in some way.
2: And I I feel like I can rest easy. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. That, that we feel like uh, there's already been a lot of wins in the, in the situation and we want to continue to lean into who we think God has made us to be and who God has called us to be. And the natural byproduct of that, I think, is going to be something that is glorifying to him and uh, useful for our growth. And, and we want to um, we were, we we're just in a, in a men's Bible study recently talking about making God's name great. And so we want to we want to do that. We uh, if, if the songs go further than our church, which it appears like they are, we want that to be about making God's name great. Mm-hmm. And we want to be a part of that process.
0: What should people listen for as they're listening to this album that's going to be out very soon? Um, I know what I would tell them to listen for, but I didn't. I didn't do this album, so what, what would you guys want them to listen for as they're enjoying this? And uh, yeah, yeah, what would you say to them?
1: Gosh, I, I I almost want to hear your answers first. Well, I've
0: already I've already mentioned that I love how real it is, but how also. Um, I know we use authentic as such a cliche word, but it's very authentic, and I felt like it, um, that again, it it wasn't, it wasn't so, (laughs) now, as a musician myself, as a songwriter, somebody who's worked in the studio, I tend to pay attention to little things like, you know, like the fact that you have interesting pads, uh, like drum-wise, it's just a great blend of your standard drum kit stuff. But there's also like little organic elements or electronic elements in there that you're that nobody but the music nerds are gonna pay attention to to what that is. Right. But um. As far as the other stuff, I, I, my favorite song so far, just on the first listen, is is this one encounter, um, and, and I just I just love the fact. That, again, I know I'm harping on this, but just the reality of it, I think this album's really going to speak to people um, who maybe have had a little bit of, of an experience of, of church music before, or um, who, who maybe um, when we hear christianese sometimes we can sort of put up walls oh, i've heard that before um and i think there's a real freshness here that's going to allow people hopefully to encounter god's truth and the holy spirit's love in a real fresh way that's what i would say that that's that's my first impression though what would you guys say
1: yeah i think uh i think that that fresh way is is a really great is a great way to say that something that i think i've just and 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 you work on music, so so you know this. But as you work on songs, I, I can I just as I as I sat and listened through the the masters of the album for the first time a couple weeks back, I just was I just was thinking back to all of the ways that God was moving in my life through these songs and using these these lyrics and these melodies to. To kind of form me as a, a, not just like the people that are we're going to listen. Um, I I was thinking about just the closeness of Jesus and and uh, I mean that that theme that that comes out really obviously on on that song Infinite is God is vast but He's also close. Um, and, and that's been a really powerful thing for me. Uh, Our lead pastor said to me uh, probably two years ago that something that he prays probably more regularly than anything is, is that he just asks Jesus to be close and he asks, he asks God to be close and and present. And that theme in my life has, has really changed the way that I view the world Mm. Um, and change the way that I view God. I don't always need God to be doing something for me, um, but but His His presence is a, is enough to 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 continue onto that next step.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And I would I would want to encourage people to listen for that message not only lyrically, but to to listen for that message in the music too, mm. because we think the me- the music is 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 communicating that same message that there are these sort of large moments with something like clear the room where there's clear, clearly a lot of God's power represented and God's holiness represented where where his presence would be enough for us to focus on only him and nothing else in the room and then there's these then there's these other moments like in please you where it's a lot more intimate, where God's a little bit more knowable. It seems a little bit more simple. Um, and and so to listen for musically, sonically, um, uh, if you, to listen for how you're hearing the magnitude of God, but also this uh, still small voice, mm-hmm. this
0: simplistic, knowable God as well. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Guys, it's... It's been such a pleasure to talk with you about this and I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, And and I don't do this with every guest, but um, I'm wondering if Tyler, you could just pray with us real quick as we close this episode off. Absolutely. I'd love to. God, we're so thankful for the time that we've had to be able to
2: uh, discuss um, this music and this album release and uh, the ways that we can, reflect on your goodness and your truth and your beauty in the process. Um, God, we do pray that you would use uh, this music uh, to be a way of proclaiming your great name and that God, by your spirit, you would allow for it to be effective and valuable and meaningful for anybody who comes into contact with it and hears it. We pray that you would use those things for your purposes and your glory and for our growth. Mm -hmm. And God, I also do want to uh, thank you. Uh, for Phil and and for his ministry through the podcast, and I pray, God, that you would continue to use him and the podcast as well for your purposes and your glory, and pray that you continue to allow this podcast to be beneficial, to proclaim your good news, and to make your name great. And pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Hey, guys, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It was such a joy to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to seeing what what else God does with Arcadia Worship. Thanks so much, Phil. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your day. that was a fantastic conversation and uh i am so thankful to have made some new friends with arcadia worship uh it was just really great to hear their heart behind the songs if you want to hear their new album that's coming out just check the link in the show notes or just google arcadia worship i'm sure you could find it that way as well um check them out on their socials as well their instagram channel that is also in the show notes Um, Thanks for tuning in to this episode of First Draft Phil. I am loving these conversations, loving talking to you guys and to uh, interviewing other people and uh, just having conversations with people who love Jesus and who are making music uh, and leading worship. Um, I'm loving doing this. So thanks for joining me on this episode. I'll catch you next time on First Draft Phil.